Greetings and salutations. It's the I Now podcast hosted by yours truly, Thomas Blyther. This podcast is designed for the everyday guy. Come with us as we journey through the emotional and mental kaleidoscope that is the man. Open your mind to self-awareness, healing, and loving yourself so that you will not just survive, but thrive as the man. Welcome to the I Now Podcast. Right, it's the All Right Now Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Mike Goodwin. He's a good Christian brother, comedian family man, friend, all of the above. So we're going to go ahead, everybody know, uh, the podcast is about men communicating. And what does that look like as far as being a man and communicating beyond the surface stuff? We often talk about sports, politics, daily lives, women, all this other stuff, but connecting with emotions and being rooted and grounded to be able to share those things. And so Mike has been gracious enough for this time to come on and talk about that. And how does he get to a point of being a good communicator? And so we're gonna go ahead and let him start and tell you a little bit about himself and we'll go from there. What's going on, man? I ain't too much, man. Happy to have you on. Hey, happy to be a part. So we'll start out, like I said, uh, I, we grew up, we were only a year apart in age, but I grew up during the time of uh, men being a boys from the time I was a young whippersnapper of them saying, uh, you're a boy, you're a male, suck it up. Whether it was injury, I mean, you can have your arm falling off, you got to suck it up, you know, and, and let's not even talk about feelings, you hurt. That don't matter, you're a man, you get over it, you survive. Right. So how do you get from that point? Because a, a lot of times the people that were telling us that, you know, those were the people that we respected. Those were our heroes, our fathers, uncles, you know what I'm saying? People in the neighborhood that said, that said these things and they were respected. So how do you come out from that to being able to communicate on a high level, being able to share those things? Yeah, I think that um, you have to evaluate what type of communicator you are and are you effectively communicating the way you feel. So I think similar to what you were saying that as young boys, really the only appropriate emotion, and I think that when we're speaking, we're speaking primarily from the African-American culture, is anger. And so boys can effectively be angry and that's okay but you can't show sadness you can show happiness to a certain amount you know that's why i'm really proud of this current generation where they have stuff like hashtag black boy joy where it's celebrated for young brothers to be happy to smile when we are we were young the attitude was you don't want to 
personify weakness. So weakness was everything that seemingly felt like joy. So if you smiled a lot, what you smiling for? If everything, if you if you laughing, what's so funny? Like people constantly were questioning your emotions. Like you had to have this stoic face or you had to have this ice grill in which you gave off an air of intimidation, but really you just ain't want nobody picking on you. So you had to put on this facade and carry yourself a certain way so that somebody wouldn't run up on you. Somebody wouldn't take advantage of you. People just wouldn't pick at you all the time. And so that's, that's kind of the culture we were raised in. And then it gets problematic when you start dating women. Yeah. And so there are some women who don't allow you to be trash in the way that your emotion, how you communicate emotionally. So I, I think that's the one of the first places where we begin to be challenged in relationships with the opposite sex and how to communicate your emotions without being aggressive. And I think the other avenue of that is if you don't communicate, uh, like for me, I won't get aggressive, but I'll just stop. I won't do anything. That was my 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 alter thing. Yeah. I won't say nothing. You know. What I'm so it became like I say, either hyper aggressive or we retreated to a, a safe place, which was, you know, I can't share that with you, even though we need to share it. So that's something like I say, I'm I'm 44 now that I've just been learning in the last couple of years. Like you said. My wife has been on that about me, like, you don't communicate well with me. And for me, I'm thinking, man, nobody ever tells me that. I communicate great. Right. I got a history. I can call somebody right now. And they're like, Thomas? Oh, no, he's a great communicator when it comes to other stuff. You know what I'm saying? It won't be about feelings and how really view things. Or Thomas likes to talk. You know, sometimes we confuse talking (laughs) with communication. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and one thing I know that, you know, you said at the beginning, the faith, like the Christian faith, I think the Christian faith makes it difficult for men. So men are already challenged emotionally. You know, men of our culture and the time period in which we grew up, we were already challenged emotionally. And then you throw Christianity in the, in the mix where you are righteous and you are striving to be like Jesus and emotionally you are taking the high road, the moral high road. I, I, I can attest that before I became a Christian, I think I had better relationships. No, I'm, I'm gonna say better. It was easier to have emotional relationships with men uh, before becoming a Christian than after. I have to work a lot harder as a Christian brother. So the example is when I was quote unquote in the streets, what would happen is you and your homeboy just like ride to the store or you'll go to the mall. And so you'll kick it for half a day. And in that time, he'll talk about, man, I think my old lady cheating on me. My parents are getting a divorce. Like you have an opportunity 
to have some real conversations. At church, you like, what's up, brother? Praise, uh, blessed, and highly favored. Hey, man, how you doing, man of God? What's up, uh, Kingdom Kingdom Walker, millionaire, and all that? And then you just keep it moving. You dap, and hey, man, I'm you blessed and highly favored. So you don't really like, hey, man, I can't stay off this porn. Like nobody saying that <laughs> at church. And so I think that uh, church makes it more restrictive in some in some regards. Right. to connect with me because you're thinking I can't expose my weakness to because we grew up again we can't let people see our weaknesses so here I am a Christian who's supposed to be strong and uh I can't show you my my weaknesses right and one of the reasons I started the podcast uh we had a deacon at my church man we were having a, a men's Bible study and that's just some of the things uh, some of the ideas that I got started to develop and he said uh walking through church doing what you just said right there hey how you doing blessed and highly favored oh, it's all good you know these cliche things that we say they're supposed to be uplifting thing but that's just a shield of i'm not gonna show my hand you know what i'm saying and that's what we become accustomed to and he said a young brother stopped him and was like he asked that question hey how's it going and he hit him with yeah, it ain't going good I'm, and laid it out and he said right. and he didn't have nothing to say he said who says that and right. I'm thinking to myself, you a deacon, you both, he's like, man, nobody ever talks. So I'm just going through, you know what I'm saying, the cliche. And when he caught me with it, I was, he was frozen. And he's like, man, I didn't have nothing to give this brother. Right. Like, he, he could see the disappointment, like the guy thought he had made a mistake at that point. Like, oh, I shouldn't even said nothing. So now right. he's even further. And, and, and I was like, man, dude, is it really like that? And the more I talk to guys, I said, oh, no, we can't share that. I can't tell you that. I'm like, well, do you have anybody you would say? No, nah, man, no, nah, we I handle that. How? Well, I just bury you. <laughs> right, right. But the issue never gets addressed, and then you just come on. And I, I think, like I said, I'm not a, a counselor or anything, but I just think it leads to a lot of uh, the issues with suicide amongst men. We, we, we kill ourselves at a higher rate. Um, depression, anxiety, all these things men have, but we shield it so well. We'll come out and, like I said, we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about, oh man, you know, women. We'll talk about all these things, but we never really get beyond the surface because we don't feel comfortable enough to even do that. So, right. And like what you just said, it's the attitude. So, let's say that same scenario happens and blast highly favored. And then you hear that this brother and his wife are separated. And, and you're like, how, what's the bridge between the two? Like, you can't be, oh, I'm, man, I'm winning, brother. I'm, I'm blessed, highly favored. And then it's like, hey, man, that guy's getting a divorce. And like, where's the middle ground in, in that regard? And then the other thing that I, I started um, going to counseling this year, well, the, so it's been a year in June. That and I and I've been like over the course of my life. I think my first time I went to counseling was in graduate school because there was a fee. I think we paid like a student activity fee, and it was in student services, student wellness. So you had like six counseling sessions or something like that. And so I said, okay, it's been paid for. And at this time, it's probably 2005-ish. So 
counseling wasn't necessarily taboo. Like when we grew up, I grew up similar Christian household. You're supposed to pray. You're supposed to take that to the Lord. Uh, that, you know, you ain't praying enough. You ain't fast enough. It's something that you are not doing versus, no, man, I got some trauma. I need to process and I need to work through it. As I was thinking about this conversation we were going to have, it's similar to say, you know, the stigma that's on mental health. It's, it, it's similar to what I would say if you had a personal trainer. Most people, when you work with a personal trainer, you're going to have better results. You, if you work with a nutritionist, you're going to have a better results than if you did it yourself because they have a level of expertise that you don't have. And what happens with counseling, we thinking that somebody's going to get inside of our head and, and direct us or tell us. And it's no, man, they're helping you to be well mentally as if a physical training were helping you to be well physically or a business mentor would be helping you to be well in your business. I think that we neglect the wellness part in life. And I, you know, I feel that way about the church a lot. I think that we are so spiritual that we forfeit practical application. We're so focused on the supernatural that we neglect the natural. Very true, very true. Like I said, I'm glad you mentioned the, the, the mental health piece. And that's something that I've been thinking about because the more I, the more I do talk to more guys is like people that I would never say went to counseling or had these major issues or anything like that. When they tell me their story, I'm like, you? And I shouldn't even be responding like that. Like they, they're human, they're living on this earth where it's trauma, it's things that happen, it's things they done seen, things they done been through, but it always shocks me a little bit because of where they are now. So sometimes right. you don't get to see, like I wouldn't, if, not saying it happened, but if you got traumatized as a, as a young man, right? I didn't know you in middle school. I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? I didn't go to your house. So I don't know what happened at your house. All I know is Mike Goodwin now, the comedian, you know what I'm saying? The guy that's pressing forward. So I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, hey, this brother had it going on. He had a plan. He did, he did this, he did that. And then I talk to you and you say, oh, well, I did this to get myself even to a higher level. You went through trauma. You're like, hey, man, I was hurting. I was thinking about doing this. And then I'm thrown back like, not Mike. Right. And it's like, why? Why should I feel like that? And if you went to a trainer and you were skinny as a kid, now you buff. And I'm like, well, how you do that? You went to a trainer. Not Mike. Right. That wouldn't cross your mind. Who's your trainer? (laughs) How did it get you right? You know, so it's different. Idea of how that all works together. So I would never question. Oh, Mike went to a business coach. Now he's making six figures. Who's your coach? Right. <laughs> I would. You tell me that you went to counseling. Oh, okay. I don't say. Well, sure. Well, who's your counselor, man? He got you everything good, and he let you. Nobody asked that. They was like, oh, okay. Mike went to counseling. All right. It's, it's a stigma. It's a stigma. It's you know something's wrong. And it's, it's beyond your control. Like, you can't fix it. I mean, I think the same is true of rehab. You, I mean, we talk about mental wellness. What about folks that need to go to rehab? I have a friend of mine, a comedian friend, who went to rehab recently. And he was saying there was a brother that was in there. And, I mean, he was like the Martin Luther King of 
of of uh of rehab because ain't no black people going to rehab like that. This man was a trailblazer. You right? He out here doing stuff. To, okay, it's one thing to go to counseling, but man, this man went to rehab. Like, wait a minute. And you know the real part of it. It a, a component of it is fear, but a other component of it is money. It's finances. If it, it's not cheap or it, it it's not a nominal fee. It's not $10 to go see a counselor. If it was $10 to go see a counselor, everybody going to see a counselor. But you, you know, you got to set up these appointments. Most times it, it, it requires a level of effort or at least a recommendation. You know, how many counselors do you know just to say, oh man, let me recommend someone for you to talk to. That, that often isn't the case. And now with technology, you have access to counselors on your phone. You can do virtual. So I think that those are things that those are taboos or those are stigmas that need to be exposed. They need to be normalized and say, hey, man, whether it's traumatic or whether it's I need help understanding why I feel this way. I've been feeling like this for a long time. And all the things I've done hadn't given me a solution. So let me try another thing to get a solution. You know, for me, I've long needed to be in counseling, but I think the reason that I kind of was, was it, you know, I, I, it initiated for me was last year, about this time, I kind of was in I wasn't in great shape. I was in pretty, you know, bad shape for, for where I want to be. And I was in my business, the best I've ever been. Like my, my schedule was super packed. I was super in demand. I was making, you know, excellent money, but I wasn't happy. And so here I am at the place where I've worked to get, at least a segment of it, you know, I think that, it, you know, I'm the type of person that I'm constantly striving. I'm constantly reaching for the next thing, but I was at a clear point of, Hey man, this is a good spot. You're in a good place and you don't feel like, like this doesn't feel anything close to what it appears to be. And I had emotional turmoil. I had things that I just couldn't resolve just by kind of thinking about it or sitting in my room and, you know, focusing, whatever the case, whatever, whatever the things I've done, I couldn't work out enough. I couldn't run enough. There was nothing that I could do within myself to untangle. You know, that's the word, that, that's the new word, entanglement. I was telling somebody last night, the truth of the matter, we all, it's like a storm. We all are in some level of entanglement. We either trying not to be entangled, we getting out of an entanglement, or we about to go into an entanglement. <laughs> as much as we joke, hey, an entanglement is not too far from you. So, <laughs> but emotionally I was, I had turmoil, man. I, I had this emotional entanglement where when I should be excited about opportunities, I should be 
pleased about the progress I've made, the strides that I've attained, you know, the, the accolades I've attained. I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't satisfied. I was constantly critiquing myself. I was super negative. I was super defensive. I, I, I was just things that should not have mattered were magnified and things that should be priority, I didn't really put much attention on it. It's like, this is out of whack, man. Something's, something's absolutely wrong here. Right. And so I went and I basically found out uh, pretty quickly, you know, cause when, when you start talking about mentality, it wasn't like I was bipolar or anything, but I think that we have different forms of ourselves. So what basically was happening for me I had like 12 year old Mike running around. I had the dude in the future that was kind of like a drill sergeant that was critiquing everything I was doing and telling me it wasn't good enough. Like, hey man, I'm out here in the future where you're great, but the activity that you did today did not make us any greater. So I'm getting that from, from the future Mike. I had you know 12 year old Mike who just wanted to play then I had uh, present Mike who was just asleep. My man was like, in the, like they were all in a car. Future Mike was in the passenger side. 12-year-old Mike was driving. And present Mike was just laid out in the back seat. It was like watching all this happen. It was like, hey, man, get your little behind back here <laughs> where you belong. Like, I'll let you out sometimes, but you can't, you can't drive the car. <laughs> and so... 12-year-old just running amok, man. I mean, I'm just out here responding to stuff. Like, I'm like I'm a teenager. Like, I'm a little dude. And, 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 and I'm overwhelmed. Like you said earlier, you sometimes get emotionally overwhelmed. So you shut down. You say, man, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not, I'm not going to confront it. And that's where I was. And so I basically had to get myself in order i had to get the little dude back in his seat in the back seat and i had to tell him okay we're gonna let you out on stage you get to play around a little bit but then after the show you get your butt back in the seat <laughs> uh future man you need to just go chill like go somewhere uh we'll see you in five years you know you can send some letters <laughs> and let us know how you doing but <laughs> Give us some uh, reference points that we probably need to be working on, but I don't need you sitting right beside me telling me all that I'm not doing. And uh, I need to be present. Like I need to show up for myself every day and, and make a, a good effort at it, you know, cause I, I'm good at avoiding things, man. I'm good at looking to take the shortcut. I'm good at avo avoiding conflict. I mean, I'll do whatever I have to do, but there's sometimes that I would just say, hey, man, I, I get to it when I get to it. I'm a procrastinator. And so I had to address that personality. I wouldn't call it a flaw, but that personality challenge in myself and, and, and hold myself more accountable. Right, right. And like I said, that, that's the, the one thing that I try to get myself to understand. Because I feel I, like I'm trying to build myself up to a certain point where I can go get the necessary things I need. Like for the longest time, I was talking to you about um, ET. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, and I asked you, hey, man, I like being that program. You know, because I knew I needed something to get me to the next to the next step. And then 
it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Then I I, I watch you from a distance, like oh, okay, I see some. But that's Mike. That's Mike. And I would put all these things away, and I would make every excuse for me not to have that growth. And it's the right. same thing with, with working out right now. This guy been sending me this thing, and I've been seeing the results he's been getting from people. And in the back of my mind, every time I go to sign up, I'm like, man, you're a Marine. You should be able to get yourself in shape. You don't need to spend no money to do that right there. Right. Right. You know so I end up making excuses and shutting everything down that possibly could get me to the next step. Because I guess in the back of my mind, I don't want to give nobody else credit for developing me. Because I feel like, dude, you've been your dad instilled this in you. You've been in the core. You've had this training, that training. You should be you should be good. Use utilize the resources that you already have, Thomas, and just go for it. And then I end up circling right back around to the starting point like okay this is a fresh start it's monday it's, it's august i'm about I'm, I'm gonna get it in august right and then you know september come around okay okay we we good now we, and it's like that uh what do you call it the little uh, hamster wheel it's like i can tell right. that hamster wheel especially when it comes to communication like i said my wife because she's with me all the time and she sees things and sees how, how i react she'll mention something to me a lot of times it may be in a uh, argument or whatever. And you're like, why you do this right here? And then it, it like internally, one of my, my cells will, will pop out like because of this right here and me not knowing how to you know, really address the situation. I've been trying to do a lot of things on my own. So I recommend counseling to a lot of people to build myself up, to be able to say, okay, maybe I need to go to it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like now I talk about it all the time. And one of the reasons I said start the podcast, not for other people, but for myself to have an outlet to be able to say things. And maybe while I'm doing this research and all this, be like, you know what? You need to find a, a, a better way to do this. And this is the avenue that you might need to take. So it's twofold for me. I saw too many brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like literally hurting me. I mean, I asked a bunch of people. They was like, no, I don't talk to nobody. I don't talk to nobody. I'm like, <laughs> But we, we would talk as far as for all these other little things, but it's like, oh man, I don't think I'm gonna do that. that, that oh, that on inside, yeah, I, I, I pressed <laughs> merge that. Yeah, so it was it was just okay. How do we change that narrative and make it okay? But like you said, the younger generation, I think they got a better grasp on being able to express themselves a little bit more. You know, in my opinion, sometimes too much, but hey, that's that's neither here nor there. And our generation. We're like the last generation where you just hold everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we do. That's what I was raised to do. And getting away from that, to be able to shield back what my purpose is and to walk in that has been difficult to me. Because like I said, I learned, even though my father has come back and said, you know, I should have done things a few different. That was my hero as a kid. You know what I'm right. saying? That's right. my dad. You know what I mean? So this is what he did. I ain't see him get shaken by nothing. You know, dad's strong. You know, he, he's that dude. So that's what I wanted to emulate in a way, even though later on he was like, well, you know, I made some mistakes. He said, but you got to understand who I was raised by. His dad died when he was uh, 15. He had to become the man in the house. His dad died when he was young. So they was like, it wasn't no book. Right. All that stuff was, you know what I'm saying, frowned upon. So right. what you was handed. So I, my dad beat my behind and said, you know, shut up, be like, so this one I thought was good because that was my dad. He was the provider. So now I'm giving that to you. And it, it just keeps, it just keeps the, you know what I'm saying, going. And then I bought into it. Like, that's, that's what we do. Yeah. And you know, I think you, you hit on something there where you, you were saying that 
you're a Marine, you have what you need. And and we hear it oftentimes when we kind of dis- discard it. It's the definition of insanity, right? It's keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. So if what you're doing is yielding positive results, then keep at it. Like, do your thing, my man, you know, run on. But if you at the same spot five weeks from now, six months from now, a year from now, I, I think that the first place that we need to focus our communication with is with ourselves. Uh, we, we, we are so easily self-deceived. You know, the Bible, man, I can't count them many times that the Bible says, be not deceived. <laughs> it's like, because we are easily <laughs> deceived. Because what we do, I remember reading this book, I, for, I forgot the, the name of the book, uh, but it was basically talking about how we, we judge ourselves by our intention, but we judge other people by their actions. So if I intended to get up and go to the gym this morning, but my mom called and we stayed on the phone a little later than I anticipated. So I couldn't get up and I didn't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give myself a strike because I intended on going to the gym. Had this other stuff not happened, I would have went. But we look at the other person. I look at my wife like, hey, man, you ain't get up and go to the gym. Well, she might have had a, a similar thing where she intended her clothes are out in the bathroom. Like, she clearly intended on going. But I'm, I'm penalizing her. I'm, I'm evaluating you did not go. And so I think the first place to start communicating with is with ourselves. And one of the ways we can start doing that is by okay, if you don't go to counseling, you got to start journaling. You got to start keeping a record of your emotions. You got to say, okay, what, man, what, what, are I, what do I want? You know, goals are important, but I just think that being honest with yourself is the first thing that we should do. I mean, what better person to understand than you? Like, I'm trying to be an expert on my goal. Like, I, I'm trying to Head off, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm 45 and I'm at the point in life. I, I like I like sports analogy. So I'm at the point in life, I'm a guard. Like this is what my life is. I, I need to be a better shooter. I need to be a better passer. I need to be a better dribbler. I don't need to spend time trying to post people up. <laughs> that's, that's a waste of time in my life. That's a waste of time me catching alley-oops. I should be trying to, I shouldn't be trying to work on my hops. But what I need to be doing is not turning the ball over as much as I turned the ball over when I was 30, when I was 35. So if I was turning the ball over seven times a game, I need to be at like three times a game of turning the ball over. Like I need to be better with bad decisions. You know, I need to see, I know, you know, one of, one, of, one of the things that happens for me when I start making bad decisions, I'm sleepy. I'm tired. Right. I'm tired. I just start saying, you know what? I'll just watch another episode of Last Chance You. No, man. Get your butt up and go to bed. Take a nap. Get up, walk around the neighborhood. Do something that 
uh, stems the tide. It doesn't allow you to flow down the river of tiredness. And I, I noticed this in my, my son, you know, especially like say he misbehaved at school and maybe we were at Bible study the night before and we got home a little later. And so my wife would say, oh, he's tired. You know, that's why he didn't get up and fix his bed or that's why he wasn't dressed when it was time to be dressed. We use that tired excuse through the whole course of our life. We just be like, oh, I'm tired. Well, go get some rest. Like you are in charge of your energy. Go somewhere, especially as a grown man, like nobody can't tell me that I'm a self-employed. If I want to go take a nap, I'm going to go take a nap. But people, you know, you, I tell somebody I nap, they like, what in the world are you, 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 are you six? <laughs> hey man, <laughs> naps work. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of my, I, hey, that's what I do. I, I ain't out here promoting that you take naps. You know, that's what happens too. Something that works for you, now you want everybody doing it. And I mean, I think that's how, that's how some churches started. The Lord told somebody, don't wear pants. And now they say, oh, nobody should wear pants. All you, if all of you look like me, the Lord, they will want want us to wear pants. No, Lord told you not to wear pants. Like, I'm wearing pants. <laughs> that ain't for me. <laughs> and so that's what happens, man. We, we take something that's, personal for us we try to make it a doctrine for everybody else so i think that the first thing to do is become an expert of yourself communicate effectively with you right now i'm upset you ain't got to just blow up like anytime some disrespectful happens you don't have to blow up you can see the signs like okay i'm feeling disrespected so what's what's the move normally i explode i yell so now let me breathe let me take a, let me walk outside. You know, if I'm in a conversation with my wife, let me say, hey, um, if we continue this conversation, I'm probably gonna start yelling and that's not gonna be productive for anybody. So let, let me step away from this conversation and then we'll, I'll come back and we'll finish it. And, you know, give me, give me, give me 10 minutes. Give me some time to cool off. And, and that's maturity, that's wisdom. But I, I think that the default for communication, default for who we are, that's just who I am. You know, I, I I can't be me. If I can't be me here, I got to be somebody else at work. I got to be somebody else at church. When I come home, I want to be myself. And then at home, you're the most toxic version of yourself. And so the people that you should love and spend most time building up, they literally hate you. <laughs> literally like, what's wrong with this dude? But I see him at church holding the door for people telling jokes, smiling, high-fiving. And then at, at home, you you huffing and puffing. <laughs> so I, I, I just think that the first step to effective communication is to know yourself, man. Just understand the ebbs and flows of your personality, what's your triggers, how, how, how are you feeling, and effectively communicate that. Still got the free version of it. But yeah, that, that's the, uh, the great point you was making about that self-awareness. I think that's the, the initial block that we got to start from because if you don't know who you are and what the those triggers are, I mean, you're going to keep running around in circles too. I don't think there's no amount of external help that's going to cover that up. You know, it's almost uh, going to out, 
work your uh, eating habits. You know what I mean? The stuff that you're putting inside, you, you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, I, I'm living proof you're not going to be able <laughs> to do that. I'd have tried the workout and the uh, still eating the, 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 the cookies and cream and the little Debbie cakes and, you know, it, it just don't work. So finding a way to be able to work that out for yourself, whether it's through the counseling or finding somebody that you can talk to, or like I said, that that one-on-one conversation. And that's my initial struggle is that one-on-one conversation. For years, I was dumping so much negativity into that. It, it was hard for me to see light, you know what I mean? So people are like, well, now you become overly positive. I'm like, it's not overly positive. But I know for me, it's a slippery slope. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I face reality, but it's a slippery slope when I start talking some people say the the, the realist or the, the realism or, or whatever you want to call put whatever name you want to put on it because i know for me it doesn't take much for me to start going back into that hole and, and, and thinking less of myself and allowing everything to trigger me to respond in a manner that i shouldn't you know so just knowing yourself and what that is for you and finding the program that's right for you because i said doing what you're doing may not work for me you know i can look at that i may be trying to be like, well, let me try that right there. If it don't work, be like, well, no, that didn't, that didn't really, really work for me. I know right. a guy told me about supplements. And, and I was like, well, which supplement? He said, man, I can't tell you which supplements to take. It's expensive, but you got to try them for yourself because everybody is different. This worked right. for me. That didn't work for me. This worked. So for somebody else, that worked perfectly. Right. But not for me. And so. And here's the other thing I figured out in that regard. Don't go into everything like it's the cure-all. Like go into it open for the results. So if I if I purchase, you know, we talked again about, you know, you finding out that there's a program available to you, and you know this person's charging $150, and you're like, man, I don't know if I want to spend that money. Or if I spend that money, I need to get my money's worth. You know, we had this whole. That's why we like eating at the buffet because we want our money's worth. You can go up there as many times until I'm satiated, satiated, you know? So I want to get my, so we got this part of that legitimately is a poverty mentality. It's this mentality of lack. Like I gotta, if I, if I give you this 150, I gotta get back everything. It's like, if I give you this money, I'm coming into this. All I need is one idea that can revolutionize what I'm doing. Like this idea will probably lead me to that idea and that idea. Now you shouldn't be wasting money and being making, making poor decisions. But I think that if you are, if you're in a mode of development, self-development, personal development, I'm, attaining information to execute to do something with not just to to have all these notebooks full of information or it's like (laughs) in our community we talk about people that i mean we got so many challenging so many challenging viewpoints to achievement or excellence so somebody is trying to get a PhD. You know, the common refrain is they just can't get out of school. They just they just love taking classes. They just school, school, school. In reality, these people probably went to school for eight years. Eight years in the totality of life 
is a snap of the finger, man. But you need to get out and get a real job. You need know, just school, school, all that school. What you gonna do with all that school, school, school? So I, what I'm not suggesting is you just get schooling just to be avoiding the draft, avoiding getting jobs, avoiding adulting, as we say. You know, but if you're looking to really improve yourself, this was one of my challenges. I would have this great professional development track. I would be doing these great things in terms of uh, self-improvement, self-edification. But I always would ask myself, like, why? What I'm doing this for? What's the outcome? You know, I remember when I was a younger guy and I would come home. I remember going to the, we, we have, in, where we're from, we got this uh, park. It's like a track. And this is where we used to have track practice. But there's tennis courts out there. I forgot the name of the place, but um, it's off of Battleship Road. And so I would go out and, and run this track, I think, maybe one summer I was home for college. And there were some folks there like, hey, man, what are you training for? Like, like you're trying to make a team. You're trying to go overseas. And I just was working out for the sake of working out. Like, I didn't have any goal other than, you know, I was a pretty active guy. I was, I guess I was in the military at the time, maybe the reserves. And I just felt better after having done PT. So I was like, okay, let me go, let me get some PT in. And so I've always had this haunting voice in my head. Like, okay, you just read that book. What you read that book for? Like I read it for more information. I read it to strengthen my mind. This is like doing curls at the gym. I just, I need a, a stronger mind's not gonna be a liability to you in any regard. So. Right. You don't have to have a plan for why you're getting better. Just get better. And then as you get better, the reason you were getting better is going to show up. Like those opportunities are going to happen. And, and then you'll, you'll be able to deflect that negative self-talk. You're able to, to deal with that. I'm not good enough. You know, it's, it's the idea at some point, you know, even as a comedian, at some point, I could care less whether or not people think I'm funny. I know I'm funny because I've done the work. Right. I've been in front of audience. I sit in the house. I write. I record. I go over sets. I'm looking. I'm reading information. I'm doing the work. So it's similar to like if you're a fan of basketball and you know you're LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard, whoever it may be, they've done the work. So when they show up, they're not hoping to play a good game. You know, if you took the whole off season and you to put in the work, you know that okay, when I step on this on the stage and I step on this court, the work's gonna show up. The problem is people don't want to do the work and then they want to show up and produce like they've done the work. And then they're nervous because like, oh, these people gonna find out. I'm, a, I'm an imposter. <laughs> I'm a pretender. Right. I think that's the part, too, that leads into the, the, the next part of um, becoming better, and that's the, the healing portion. Like you said, once you are self-aware and you realize those things, and you can attack the things that need to be healed. And it's just like, you know, the bigger the wound, sometimes the longer it takes, the more knowledge you'll need, you know, about yourself, about the circumstances that surround that. 
and and then you can go, you know, move forward. One of the young gentlemen, uh, he was telling me how he was homeless with his uh, wife, and that was such a low point for him. But to see him now, you would never know that was happening. And he's like, man, I had to accept the facts of what got me there and build from that and, and, and have somebody that I could share those outlet, those sad days with, and then plan better, do something different this time than what I did the last time. Right. And so he was able to, to heal his mind and heal his body and his spirit and then move forward. And that, that trajected him on, on, up to higher grounds. But he had to go through the, the healing portion. It wasn't like, okay, this is over with, and I can just go. Like, okay, this is going to take me time to recover from because as a man, I'm, I will start to provide and, I, and now I can't. I, mean, you know, I don't have no job. I, you know, the things that I was doing are gone. So now how do I get back to a place of peace mentally? Even before I can help my wife and my kids, how do I get to a place of peace mentally to be able to accept that trauma or that, that situation and then move forward with it? You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't want to keep using the word trauma because everything's not traumatic. I've lived... <laughs> Like I said, about as an average of a life as you can live. I ain't have no real major, you know, <laughs> no real major shakeups or nothing like that. Like some people be like, man, I've been through, oh, man, I can't. You got, and see, but that's the other side of it. Like you got trauma. Like I know, especially relationship, you got relationship trauma. <laughs> so what happens is you measure your trauma by the most extreme trauma. Like right, right. that doesn't, that doesn't minimize your trauma. Like, no, you didn't get abducted and you were a sex slave for four months, but you experienced trauma. And, and, and so that's the other danger is comparison. You know, when we begin to even like, you know, your trauma is like, yo, that, from what I know, and I don't know all the stories and everything, but I, I know enough to be like, yeah, that's pretty traumatic. Like you have to, to have to deal with this. That's the other it, problem. You talk to people that know you, you know. <laughs> that's pretty traumatic. So that's above average trauma. <laughs> so you can't you can't look at what was the movie with uh with uh Anthony uh Antoine Fisher. So you know that was the standard. So if I didn't grow up like Antoine Fisher, I ain't really gained no I ain't had no challenges. No, I had challenges. <laughs> I had his challenges. But I <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you you got to keep it within that context. Like, I need, again, these are my wounds. I can't heal from other people's wounds. I need to heal from my wounds. And even if it's a small wound, if you don't attend to it, it can become bigger. And, and, and you can allow something that was small because you ignored it to, in, you know, become infected. Now, it's if if you looked at it and it and you dealt with it when it was happening, it would have been fine. But no, you let this thing linger, and now it's spread. So this infection has spread, and now you're in a worse scenario than had you just dealt with it and and got the the healing that you needed initially. So part of the stuff is we're dealing from the after effects of traumatic things that were seemingly small, you know, the Bible tells us about it's the small foxes that, that kill the vine, you know? So it's these small little things that overthrow the big dreams and challenge and the big, you know, determinations and desires that we have. Right. I, I, I said, that's, that's, uh, you know, one of the issues that I've strived to with before I know when I was doing the, um, 
comedy, something I still miss, but we ain't gonna talk about that. But uh, it was one of the things I hit you up about was just how I didn't think I was worthy because what I saw other people doing. And, you know, I, I didn't, my guy didn't go through the club scene and, you know, they, these guys done grinded and da 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 da. And I was right. so like, man, Mike, you have been doing it like eight years before I even got started. I'm like, man, Mike up here killing it. And man, I just can't, if I could, if I could do this right here. And it was like, dude, you just starting out. You ain't supposed to be killing it like that. Right. Hey, Tom, Tom said he don't want to talk about this comedy. I'm going to talk about it because there are at least four <laughs> shows a month that I could give Thomas right now if he was doing comedy. <laughs> if, he, if he had continued doing comedy, I would be passing so much work. I, I think about that all the time. I'd be like, man, I'm not doing this, but Thomas surely could do this right here. Like, <laughs> Thomas would be happy to do this. Thomas do comedy, so, so I have no, I have no to get these people. I have no, <laughs> no options. <laughs> I said tra transparent moment, man. I know people say it don't bother you enough to get back into it, but I say, man, it's not a day that goes by I don't think about that, like, man. Because <laughs> I enjoyed it, you know. I so said people were like, well, what about this right here? I said, man, even even the bad shows. Yeah, nobody want to have a bad show, but I said at the time it was something that I loved. I still love it, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. It was a part of my journey and a part of what I think my purpose is. And I think that's part of the reason I, I struggled with certain things because I, I didn't continue to pursue what I thought right. I should be doing. And so when you don't do that and it's like a piece of you is missing, so to speak. So no matter the time and the journey it would take you to get there, you know what I'm saying? Your, your path is your path. Right. You know? And it becomes but, a habit. Like you start to see the pattern of, okay. Okay, that I've let that go by, but I'm seeming to do the same thing in every new endeavor. And it's mm -hmm. like, I have to address this behavior because I'll always find an excuse not to do so. That's it. That's it. And I, I know you can recall, like I said, just because we, we've been there a few shows that you brought me to. And he's like, hey, man, you want some time? I don't know, man. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was at a point where I wasn't embracing it like I should. And so flaws and all is, you know, something that I talk about now, being able to embrace your flaws, the thing that's not perfect. And right. And to move forward because it's, it's a part of who you are. Everybody, there's no perfect being, man. So it's like on earth right now, a man or woman that can say they do everything perfect in every situation, every decision they made was, you know, the best decision they could have ever made, ever made. And so... The, the self-awareness piece, we talked about that, and then the healing, and then I think that leads to the loving yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Because when you love yourself first, you attend to all those things, and then you will have something to give to other people. I think a lot of times we're empty, and we're trying to give out of an empty basket. You know right, and here's the other piece, too. I think that we just, because you, you're a country boy, and so the idea around how do you make go ground fertile? Like, if you if you... If you're planting crops, what, what do you put in it? You put manure. Yeah. And so the manure of our life is what grows to this beautiful crop, this beautiful harvest. You know, so I, I often think about what's beautiful about my life is my failures, my, you know, last night I was just telling, I had a, I had a, I had a show last night in Anderson. 
and I was telling them about how horrible of a football player I was. I mean, that, that was a joke that I did. And now if you would have talked to me, you know, seven years ago, 10 years ago, that to me would have been shameful. Like, man, you know, I'm a big size kind of guy. People often confuse me with uh, a football player. You know, folks are often, if I told somebody I played division one football, people wouldn't, no one would question it. Like, oh yeah, what what school did you play? What position? Like nobody would be like, no, man, (laughs) really? So like I have that physique, that bill, and here I am, you know, telling a joke that highlights, man, I was a garbage football player. And this is the reason I, and, and, and that's all we have is our life experiences and, and what we gain from it. Like if you're just going through life and I did this for a long time, I was just getting through it. You know, I was just getting, you know, at basic training. I wasn't looking at every day like, man, what was, man, that was crazy. You know, that was interesting. Oh, wow. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm so glad I met this particular person from this particular city and this particular state. You just kind of go through life just fadoop, 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 just kind of bumping along. And you don't get to the self-love part because you are, you're in this celebrity mode. I, I think that's the, you know, I, I'm one of these people that I don't want to be the get off my lawn guy with this current generation. There's some things that they do that I'm very aggravated with. And I wish, you know, as much as they show and express themselves, I wish they were a little more resilient. They were a little more tougher. They were a little bit, had a little bit more tenacity. Um, but I also recognize that there are things that, they do and exhibit that I'm like, oh man, that's pretty cool. And you can be who you are. You can embrace your personality, your, your, your challenges. And the thing that I see these folks that are doing currently, they are the celebrity of the show. So when they show up, they got their phone, they're taking their selfies, they're doing their, I mean, there's still an element of celebrity, you know, it's still people that are celebrities, but most folks are filming their their movie. They're the star yeah. of their movie. And I think that that's a, that's a great position to take, um, to put value on who you are, but where it becomes very valuable is when I can look at who I am and I can communicate that, man, if I did this, you can do this too. If I have this opportunity, you have the same opportunity. If I've done these things, uh, let me show you how I made it to self-love because I was very far from there. That was not a place that I was familiar with. And even that, even that word associated with men, especially like I said, the African-American man, self-love was something I didn't, I never heard of until I became an adult. You know what I mean? It was just like, I never even heard that phrase of self-love. And so now seeing it and then not thinking of it as being selfish, you know what I'm saying? As okay, well, I gotta love myself. Like, how can you not love yourself? You know what I mean? Right. Now right. that's how I look at it now. Like, how could I not love myself 
and expect other people to respect and want to be, you know what I'm saying, around me. So I've met some people that love themselves, but it, it comes out and it includes everybody else when they're out amongst everybody. Because it, it's so broad, it draws you in, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh man, right. they, oh, such and such, yeah, man. And it draws you into their space because they're so freely, they got so much love, they got, they can give it. You know what I mean? Like, man, I'm gonna give you this energy because I got so much for me. Right. You, I'm you, so you comfortable in my skin. I'm gonna help you be comfortable in yours. Correct. And that, you know, that, you know, my my fraternity. <laughs> one of the biggest, one of the biggest chants that when I when I was in school, man, we used to just be like, "I love myself." What? I love myself. <laughs> I love my god darn self. Yo, 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 yo. like that's why I was, man. I <laughs> I say that for thirty minutes, like. <laughs> I love my man. Bump all y'all, man. I love myself. It's like that attitude of arrogance, you know. That they, yeah. so people, when you when you have that that much self confidence, people are like, well, he's so arrogant, or they so arrogant. It's like, no, man. I'm good being me. I mean, I don't, I, I hate that me being me makes you feel away. Right. But I'm going to, and that's what happens. People want you to turn down their light turn down your light because you, they feel like it, it causes them to dim. It's like, no, turn your light up. If we all turn our light up, we all shine it. But if you think my shining light is blocking your light, then you, you, something wrong with you. Man. Right. You missed it. So that, that's, that's what I said, you know, is, is uh, black men overall, men in general, I would like to see that, be the narrative that I love myself so much, you know what I mean, that I'm willing to take care of me and all the issues that I have. I'm gonna love the, the flaws, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna love the manure, like you said, right. all the estimates, the decisions that I made, good or bad, I'm gonna embrace that and say, this is who I am. And while this is who I am, I understand I can be better. Right. I think the, the opposite of that I've seen with people like, well, you gotta accept me for who I am. I'm like, I do, but that's jacked up. Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't want nobody to tell you that you're doing something messed up. Oh, well, now you're not accepting me. No, man, that's that's not that's not cool behavior. That's not a good behavior to be exhibiting. I don't know what you need to, to change that. You know, it's just like if I if you see me every time and, and I'm in here slapping myself, you're gonna be like, Tom, what, what, what you got going on, man? You know, right. but you know, usually it's not that drastic, but the behaviors that we're exhibiting towards ourselves are like you said earlier, the people that we're supposed to be closest to is not good. You, you present your best self to the world because you got to keep your job. And then you come right. home like a, a plum food to Act your wife and your kids and you know what I'm saying? Everybody else, they like, man. And then we need to treat people how they desire to be treated. Like, so for instance, I got a good friend of mine I went to graduate school with and we were doing, he has a podcast and he wants to be called Christopher. I done known this dude as Chris my whole, the amount of time I've known him, but he said, hey, he sent like an email, hey, on the thing, make sure you say Christopher. So that's important to him. So that needs to be important to me. I can't just be like, man, your name Chris. And it's like, if the brother wants to be called Christopher, call him Christopher. Like, I, I got another, uh, I got a cousin, you know, I remember when uh, we had a family, Pat, somebody died in the family and my cousin, you know, he's a, a, a fitness pro. He's a physique champion. He's in those shows. And, you know, 
when you with your family, y'all go and go to the Quincy's or the Steakhouse or the Golden Corral. And my man was like, no, nah, I'm not eating in there. Like I, and I'll go somewhere else. To, and I'm, and you know, I'm, I'm sort of quasi, you know, try to be fit and all this kind of thing, but I, I'm offended. Man, what? You can't come and go to Melvin's food in here, man. You find something here to eat. And I'm like, no, man. It's, I eat very high quality food. Like, I'm very discriminate, discriminating about what I put in my mouth. Right. So just because you put everything in your mouth, don't, don't be holding me to your standard. <laughs> I'm not you. So allow people to be who they are. And then the other thing I would say is give yourself grace. Give yourself grace to make mistakes and to not have it all together and to uh, take a day off or to whatever. Like don't, don't allow, don't allow average behavior or, or, or this habitual lack, uh, laziness, but get yourself like, Hey man, it's okay. It's okay to not be married by 35. It's okay not to have kids by the time you got your first promotion. It's okay that you live in an apartment right now. It's okay that you lease in a car. Like whatever those things were that in your mind, you arbitrarily said, I need to be here. You know, it's okay to not look like you looked when you was in the Marines. That was, that was 20 years ago. Like I'm at the point I'm going to be in good shape for me. Like, 20-year-old Mike gone. That, that dude, that, that, that testosterone's gone. That metabolism's gone. These dogs hurt a little more. These joints are like, it's a unrealistic expectation to believe. I can pull that dude up out of this current situation. So what I'm going to do, I need to create a new normal, similar to where we are with this uh, coronavirus. Hey man, we might not go back to some of the things that we were accustomed to pre, but it's okay to make a new normal. It's okay to say, you know what? I probably won't get to hug people so I can give people a pound and I'm good with that. Or I'm good with head nodding. What Like you have to create a new normal. You can't, your default can't be your best shape ever when you were in life like you don't you're not getting back there like and if you are you might as well go in, in a cabin in the woods so you're not gonna have a family you're not gonna have a career <laughs> you're just gonna eat sleep and do push-ups and so that's just not realistic man oh yeah like i said man it, it's, it's it's been a, a to me a, a great conversation like i said i got some new insights and like i said more even more respect for you um I just think this conversation needs to be broadened for people to be comfortable, you know, sitting down. And uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done was look in the mirror, you know what I mean? And I and with intent and uh, telling everybody the story, I was going to get fast food, Bojangles, and I'm always looking at how people look at you through their side mirror. Right. That, like, I hate that, you know what I mean? Like, why are you looking at me, dude? Stay in your car! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, uh, just so happened though, I went and looked in my rear view to see who was behind me. And then I actually like caught a glimpse 
of who I really was. And it like caught me off guard. And I saw like the hurt and the pain and the, the failures that I, I was still holding on to. And I was like, man, I don't know that dude. You know what I'm saying? And right. so it was just right. like, don't do that again, Thomas. Don't, don't. <laughs> it took me years to be, I gave the mirror after that, like, hey, brush up teeth. I was out. And I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> you can't stand to the abyss like that. And then, you know, it was, but it, that person was me. It was all right. the that I had been collecting that I never addressed. And they were still back. They're like, hey, no, hey, what, what, what about me? You know what I'm right. saying? You're doing all these other things. You're making these videos. It sounds good. It sounds real good. But when are you going to actually get inside and sit down with us right. and address these issues that, that we got? We carrying these things. We running around over and over in your head. When are you going to get to that point to be you know, self-aware enough? Because now you know we're here. You know what I'm saying? What you going to do? Right. So. And that was what was very liberating for me in the counseling. Once I knew what was happening, I could have a game plan. Right. But the fact that I did not know, I was just being led by my emotions. And then when I figured out, oh, oh, that little dude need to get from behind the driver's seat. Oh, okay. I mean, get your butt back in the back. Like, I was able to take steps right. to resolve the issues. And that's the, 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 the last thing we're going to touch on is when you mention emotions in men, it's always considered when men connect with their emotions that it's a feminine attribute. Right. Like, oh, you need to get in contact with your feminine side. I'm like, man, I don't have no feminine side. Me loving myself is not feminine. Me, you know what I'm saying, being compassionate towards other people, that's not, those are not feminine attributes. Those are, to me, human attributes. Like, what? why are we dividing what we all have into okay, we're going to tag all this for the ladies and all these are just for the guys, even right. though they reside in all of us. And I'm just like, man, that, that's so unfair to be put into a box and have that fear of being able to even share those emotions with somebody because I don't want them to think that I'm, I'm a female or that right. I'm having these, you know what I'm saying, especially, like I said, in our community, that I'm not strong, that I'm, I'm just weak, that you can pounce on. And then, you know what I'm saying, because it's happened before where I've, sh I've shared that and then people feel like they can pounce. And then when I respond, then it's like, well, I, I well, I do. What, what are you doing? I, that's not, that's not the right. angle that I was going for. But I showed a vulnerability or I showed compassion or love to you. And now this is where we at. So. Yeah. People want to take advantage of weakness. I mean, that's this, the, the typical thing. One of the connecting to what you're saying about communication is the idea around prayer. Like, Prayer is for women. That's what women, women are prayer. Like, no, men should pray. Men should often pray. Men should always pray and, and lead prayer and lead your family. Like, how do you lead people and you don't understand who you are? I can't, I can't lead my son to respect women if I'm out here disrespecting women or, you know, teach my daughter to be assertive, to be compassionate, to be caring, to be aggressive, to be all of these things. Like you, you don't have to just take the back seat because you're a girl. You don't have to hear what the boys say first. Like, no, you have a voice. You are a leader. I don't care if you are a girl or boy, like you are a leader. You are a person with good ideas you are a person with experience people not gonna have some of the experiences that my daughter has at her age so I, 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 what i look like telling her oh yeah in class don't speak up because you a girl or let the boys 
lead or you know no man you you need to execute right. to your potential to who you are separate from anybody else so that's why we can't compare we can't get into this game of comparing ourselves to other people and we can't get in the game of this self-doubt and you know we'll play the little game of Man, I'm on fire. I I, I know I listen to this podcast. I got motivated. I'm I'm ready to go. And then two days later, woe is me. You know, oh man, nobody gonna listen to me. Nobody wanna hear from me. Like, man, if you don't sit your behind up, shut your behind up, get in and execute, man. Just execute. And that's the difference when you was talking earlier. It's just the idea of the difference between people is you got doers and you got talkers. I mean, that's at the end of it all. There's some folks, man, we'll sit in the same room, get the same information. Somebody going to walk out of that room and go do something. And somebody going to walk out of that room and say, man, that was good information, man. We're lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then you fast forward six months later, the person that's been doing, they gone. You know, and you can't, you're not in a race with them because they they been left. So you trying to run, like you were talking about with me and you, like, I'm eight years into the race. You can't say, man, Mike's so fast. Like, Mike, Mike been running. Like, that man been running for eight years. So ain't no way in the world you're going to get out on this field and run the, the, the race. And, I mean, that was even for me. Like, I, there was guys who I started with, and I continued, and they kind of jumped in and jumped out. And I took it personal. Like, I told myself, my act should be marketably better than their act because I do it all the time. Nothing against them, but because I do this all the time, you should have a clear differentiation of, man, this cat's the real deal. Just by virtue of I'm always doing it versus somebody that's kind of weekend warrior and show up, you know, they got to show every couple of months. So I started taking, I started challenging myself, like, hey man, you need to, People need to see it. Like, if you this is what you do and you consistently do this, it need it need to show up. And so I, I'm just a believer that what's done in the dark will be made light. And if you put your time in, man, you do your reps, it's got to show up. Right, right. I say, Mike, <laughs> I appreciate it. Let everybody know where they can uh, get in contact with you on your social media platform. If you got anything going on that they can get the merch yeah yeah yo, so check me out at comedian mike goodwin i uh, just released a, a comedy album called live from wiley texas you can get a download there at my website it actually it uh, got picked up for sirius xm radio so three stations are should be playing one some of my tracks the the kevin hart station laugh usa and then there's larry and jeff I think it's Larry Cable Guy and Jeff Foxworthy they have a a comedy a comedy uh station. So it'll be on Sirius XM radio. Um and you can find me at Bowtie Comedy on on all the uh social media so social media spots. All right, there it is. The man, the myth, the legend, Mike Goodwin. I say I appreciate you, brother man, and let me know if anything I can do on your end. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, now, community, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. And like I said, be your best selves one day at a time with self-love, healing, with self-awareness, healing, and loving yourself first. All right, now.
man, really appreciate that conversation, the gems that he dropped, the things that he revealed, being transparent about the struggles and the benefits of getting on the other side of your struggle or the entanglement <laughs> that's going around right now. As you still can connect with us, uh, Mike Goodwin at any of the platforms. He's on YouTube, he's on Facebook, he's on Instagram. Looking up, join his email list, support him, buy the merch, all of those things, guys. Let's continue to grow, continue to be strong. You can reach me at the iNowPodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to continuing to grow and to just cultivate this community until we're strong verbal communicating guys let's change the narrative and be positive until next time all right now